Hi folks, a very quick announcement before we get started on the episode this week. And that is a huge thank you to Katie Unicorn Stewart. I don't know if your middle name really is Unicorn. If it is, that is an awesome name. So the fabulous Katie Unicorn Stewart gave us a recent review on Apple Podcasts about the recent Governance Summit summary. So five stars for Take On Board, she says. Loved the recent Governance Summit summary podcasts. Super useful. Katie, happy to help. Thank you so much. And thanks for taking the time to do a review. So a little prompt for others that might be listening. I love it when I get reviews and you might get read out on the pod as well. So get in there and work out how to do ratings and reviews and let me know what you think of the pod. All right, on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Take On Board podcast, where we talk all things boards and governance. I'm your host, Halia Svensson. Being on a board can be interesting, valuable and exciting, yet it can also be really lonely, challenging and hard. So here at Take On Board, we'll bring you weekly tips, tricks and advice to help you build your governance wisdom. We'll shine a light on how to navigate your way onto your first board or to build your board portfolio. We'll also help you to work through those challenges that keep you awake at night. Each week, I'll talk to women who have been there, done that, and together we'll discover what we need to take on board to be your best in the boardroom. Today on the Take On Board podcast, we're doing something a little bit different. Rather than talking about journey to the boardroom or issues in the boardroom, I'm speaking to Jenny McNamara about managing the overwhelm of your digital inbox. First, let me tell you about Jenny. Jenny's worked in IT in multiple industries for over 30 years, in change, in training and and in transformation projects. She's always been interested in productivity and efficiency and helping others find ways to work smarter rather than harder. So I know you can tell why I got her here today. I should also say that this podcast was on the recommendation of the wonderful Sophie Harris, who recommended a meeting with Jenny, so it's thanks to Soph that on both the topic and the speaker. So Jenny, welcome to the Take On Board podcast. Thank you so much. Very happy to be here. So Jenny, before we get into managing the overwhelm of your inbox, let's dig a little bit deeper about you. Can you tell me a story about young Jenny that tells us a bit about how you got to where you are today? Certainly can. Um, I am of a vintage where I left school without computers. (laughs) So we had one electric typewriter in the classroom. So we were pretty excited by that and then went into the world and started working. And I actually was, I suppose, blessed to work in one of the first organisations in Brisbane that had a personal computer. It was a very, very small company that uh, was really run by a gentleman who was fascinated by technology. And I actually started in a very junior role and ended up being the computer operator. And apparently my mother used to tell me that I came home terrified with the idea of having to use the computer because only smart people use the computer and all that sort of thing. And my mother in true form said, what a lot of nonsense. Get on there, learn it, write down everything and you'll be fine. Oh, my goodness. And, oh. and it started there. Um, mm. 
I continued in that vein of working there and ended up working for one of the big eight accounting firms doing data entry, which was pretty basic. And again, watching people across this environment doing wonderful things with technology. And I had lots of time in my on my hands where I had to wait for processing to be yeah. done. And I'd sit and read the help screens and learn yeah, and, and find out for myself. I got a bit of a reputation for knowing little bits mm. and people would start coming to me to go, how do you do that? And I'd go, oh, it's really easy. Do this, do that. And it started my career in training. It's all about I want you to have that aha moment. I want you to level up. Mm. So that's what I love to do. Mm. Well, like I say, I can totally see why Soph suggested you for this conversation today because we are hoping for some fabulous aha moments and I have no doubt um, as the go-to person on computers that uh, you're going to be able to help us out with that. So, you know, managing the inbox, you know, it is quite overwhelming sometimes. I, I am one of those people that very much tries to have a zero inbox. And when I see on people's phones, you know, 3,467 emails unread, it makes me feel ill. But that's lots of people. And as directors, indeed, just as people, we end up with lots in there. So you've got the magic wand here, Jenny. What are the ways, what should we do? How do we handle this overwhelm? Where should we begin? Look, I think that you're either in one of the, the two camps. You're in the camp of it doesn't worry me that I've got 47,000 unread emails mm. or you're in the camp of it does worry me. And I think, first of all, for those that doesn't worry you, great, be happy and find whatever you need, mm -hmm. right? This is not going to be for you. But for those who are overwhelmed or want to get a better handle on things, there are some key principles, mm -hmm. right? First of all, we are often reactionary to email. We see those pop-ups come up around and we jump in and we dive and say, oh, I've got to respond to that straight away. Well, we don't. Yeah. That's a habit. So we can actually set up times of the day where we actually go and respond to email. So that's one. Mm. When we start a day, we often start with the email first. I don't. I say, what do I have on today? So I'll start in my calendar. I'll immediately identify what my day currently looks like. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I'll start to fill in time to prepare for meetings or after meetings because if I don't block out my time, somebody else will. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then once I have my day padded so I can get work done, mm -hmm. I'll then look at the things that I didn't get done yesterday that now need time in my day today. So I look at any to-dos or tasks that I need to block out time for. So I start my day very differently than most. Then I move into my email to see what's come in. Now, my email is a bit like my post box out the front. Mm -hmm. When I go out to my mailbox, I gather my mail, not as much as I once did, 
But even in the old days, I'd go out, come back in, and I'd immediately sort it. Mm-hmm. I throw in the bin, the junk mail that I don't want to read. I put on the counter the stuff that I've got to do right now. I'd put on the kitchen table the stuff that somebody else needs to do, right? Or I'd put it in the pile that stuff has to be done later. So I'd do it, delete it, delegate it, or defer it. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't go back out and put it in my letterbox. Ah, to recollect and then work out what to do. Right. Deal with it right then and there on the spot. Right. So whatever's come in, if it's going to take me less than five minutes to do, mm-hmm. respond, delete it, or file it. Yep. Gone. Mm-hmm. So I do all my do's first. Anything I can delete, gone, 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 gone. Delegate. So if it's not for me, I need to move it on to somebody else. Once I have moved it on to somebody else, do I need to follow it up? In which case, I will put it somewhere, perhaps a note in my diary, to follow up with that person to find out so I don't forget it, right? So I've got that reminder. So I don't have to do the item, but I might need to follow it up. Yep. And the defer means it's going to take me longer than five or ten minutes to do, which means I need time in my diary to do it, which means block out time. Yes. Right? But it ends up that my inbox is only about the stuff that's coming in, right? (laughs) And so it's not the overwhelm. I can put things into folders and, wow, that's a conversation in its own right. What's the right folders? The right folders is what works for you. Yeah, yeah. Right? Some people like categories. Some people like people folders. It doesn't matter as long as you can find it. The other part of email overwhelm is not using the search functionality as well as you could. Mm. Right. So in all of the email systems available, there is a search functionality. The default is when you type in something, it will generally find it in the by person, by and so on. But there is often, and this isn't in all of them, but in most of them, there's a refine option where you can refine that search and say, no, look in the body or look in the subject or look in the sender or look in multiple. The sender would be this person. The subject might be this. And in the body, it might be this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it allows you to refine that search down to do that. So even if you've filed it somewhere and you can't find it again, even if your filing system's not even working for you, it shouldn't matter. You should be able to say it's about this and it'll dig up the options for you. Yeah. I've only just started using search a bit more in my email. Um, I'm pretty good at filing, but every now and again, I actually file it in the wrong box and then I can't find it again. And the search function has been super helpful for that sort of thing. Absolutely. And I think that we tend to, and again, this is part of the overwhelm, we waste so much time by navigating down through folder lists 
to only to find that the rabbit hole is a dead end instead of coming back to the top and telling it, you go search and you mm. search everywhere below and I'll wait here until you come back with the result. Get your people to do it. <laughs> and there's a little person, think of your little leprechaun, going down those stairs and finding everything. Sorry, that was an Irish reference. That goes back to my roots. <laughs> I love it. I am now going to think of the little leprechaun going and running off and finding that email that I want. I actually love that, that visual of how that works. That is fabulous. I want to go back to that very first step that you'd talked about, which was you know, you don't have to react to email, you don't have to go to it first thing, it doesn't have to be on the whole time and your little pop-up's on. I'm sure you will have heard this, oh, but what if Bob emails me and I don't respond? Or, you know, what if something super important comes in? What if, what if? There's reasons, maybe excuses, as to why everybody feels like they're different and can't do it that way. What helps people to do it? Because it is possible, so what, what will help people to do that? Well, I guess it also depends on the role. There are certain roles that you will be doing that might need an immediate response. Mm-hmm. Okay. And again, working with your people mm-hmm. to say, if you send me an email and it needs an urgent response, perhaps find another way. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't send me an email. If you need an urgent response, ring me or text me or I have sent you an email that needs an immediate response text. Okay. Otherwise, I have let my people know that I will read my email in the beginning of my day. Mm -hmm. I will come back around about lunchtime think about it like that Mm -hmm. and then I will finish off my day and ensure that everything that needed to be responded to on the day so we're only talking in about a four-hour period turnaround just because somebody sends you an email doesn't mean it needs an immediate response it's their urgency doesn't mean it's my priority Mm. Yeah, and it's interesting, I think, on the times that I've done that, I don't do it that one all the time, I must say. But this morning, for example, I was facilitating a workshop, so I haven't been checking email. And other times that happens. Now, what I love is when I come back to my inbox and there's this long list of reply-alls from various people and by the time I get to it, it's all done. It's all done and fixed and I didn't have anything to do with it. So sometimes leaving it means it just gets done. The perfect um, scenario is that it's going, I agree with all of that. Fabulous. Well done. (laughs) And they can still feel you've had a voice, Mm. but you didn't need to be involved in the grassroots. And, and again, it's a bit of a personality thing. Do you need to be? There's a fear of missing out. That's another issue completely, really. But you don't need to. As I said, think about the ways you're communicating. Think about is this the best way? of communicating. There are lots of communication tools. There is email is only one of them. Mm. There is phone calls. There is chat messaging. So for me, my texting or chat functionality is all about that informal quick response. And in applications that I use chat, I generally have a presence. So again, if I see people that are offline or not available, there's no point in responding in that way. Email should be about, I will respond in due course. Mm. The other thing I'll point out here is 
again, when somebody sends me an email, it is because they want me to do something. It is an action item. Please be very, very clear about what the action is. Mm. I don't want to have to decipher 15 pages of an email. Don't Mm. bury the lead. Put it up top. What do you want Jenny to do? Mm-hmm. Now, if you CC me, and if you're old like I am, or older like I am, you will remember what CC standard for. Mm-hmm. Good old carbon, actual carbon copy. Perfect. Actual pieces of paper with that beautiful blue. Anyway, yes. Indeed, carbon copy. And we sent somebody a carbon copy for information only. Mm. Therefore, If you are CCing me, it is for my information only and I am not going to respond. Yeah, right. I will only respond if it is in an action. I've heard of people who've set up their emails so that the CCs disappear into a separate folder that may or may not get looked at at some later date. Because it's at my leisure when I want to be informed about it. Mm. Have you got your email set up that way? Hey, okay. I have to admit, though, I get very little email. Right. Maybe 10 emails a day. Well, maybe you've trained people well about email. I mean, the other thing is often, you know, you end up with a lot of just junk mail, talking about the actual letterbox. So clearing out, you know, unsubscribing from all of those ridiculous email lists can also help to mean that you can only get 10 emails a day because they're probably the 10 that matter. Absolutely. And it's so important. And do it over a phase. So today, choose to unsubscribe from five emails, Mm. groups that you no longer want to know because you're deleting them anyway. So I know with my personal Gmail, the very first thing I do is I go to edit and swipe, 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 all the junk mail. So then I'm left with now I've got only the mail that I want to read. Yeah. So stop swiping and actually take a minute to open it, unsubscribe it, and then the next week it won't come again. And then you unsubscribe another five. Yes. And over time it will reduce. And we go to another shop and we give out our email again and we sign up again. And the first time I receive their email, I go, thank you very much, unsubscribe. Yes. I think there's some apps that also do that, that you can get in and they'll do a mass unsubscribe. You know, you just have to tick, 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 and it'll do a mass unsubscribe. Do you know about any of them? Don't know off the top of my head. I have heard of them. But again, Mm. I am a little untrusting of sometimes with those sort of things. Like It's just as easy for me to do it myself. The technology person's a little untrusting of the technology. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Very, very security conscious, have yeah. never been hacked, mm. have never had social media hacked because it's locked down. It is private. I have it for a certain purpose. I have networks where I have more open communications, but they are for a specific purpose. But mm. yes, my... Uh, Socials like Facebook, for instance, is family, is mm. family and friends, and I know every single person on there 
by name, by face, have a relationship. I don't have open, can't find me by those sort of things because the people I want I've already found. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, it does get that way. (laughs) I love your four Ds. Uh, Let me see if I get it right. Do, delete, defer, and what's the fourth? Delegate. Delegate, of course. Okay, do, delete, delegate, or defer. Now, they've been around for a really long time. Four Ds is not only email. It's Mm. all about the way we run our project management, the way we run our governance, the way we run our programs, and so Mm. on. So do it, delete it, delegate it, defer it. Works across many, many principles, but we need to apply it. Well, what's your advice to people in applying it? Because, yes, you're absolutely right. The theory is that's all well and good. What's your advice to people in how to actually put that into action, particularly when often people have got multiple devices as well? So what's your advice in actually helping them to actually do it? One, I make sure all my devices are synced across each other. So if I delete it off one, it's automatically going to delete it on the other. So I have my Gmail and my work Outlook mail. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love to separate work and home. So Mm -hmm. I actually have two accounts, so they are completely separate. I am probably less organised in my personal email because, again, it's a lot of junk and I just need to do it. Anybody who needs to contact me or so on will come back through my work email, which is very managed and so on. Changing a behaviour's heart, because it's often in ground, it's the way we've always done it and the way we're comfortable doing it, but it's not necessarily always the best way to do it. Yeah. Now, we've got to actually acknowledge what's going to help me do this? What benefit am I going to get by changing the way I do this? Mm. So once I've actually managed to work out, this is going to save me some time. This might make me feel a little bit more in control. This might allow me to find the things that I'm looking for a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. Once I've got those principles in my head and I know the benefit, I'm going to be more open to the change. Mm-hmm. Once I've accepted this is worthwhile giving it a go, I've got to stop doing something mm. and start doing something else. And that actually means I have to actually stop, not have it. Go, oh, there's a pop-up. No, that's right. I'm not going there now. Mm. I'm going to wait. Now, at first, that's going to feel really unnatural. But what does it say, that it's uh, three weeks to form a habit? Yes, they do. I think I'd seen some other evidence that it's not necessarily true. But let's not worry about that right now. I think the the practice of it makes it more habitual. Absolutely. Whatever it takes, and eventually it will become our norm. Yeah. But you have to accept that it's going to be hard. Mm. And it mightn't be all of it that you want to take on. It's still going to be the way that works for you. Yes. Is the best way of doing it. My email inbox, and I am a filer, I keep all sorts of emails, which I shouldn't do, and I need to go through and delete at some stage. And I keep a different folder for each of my boards, so they all go into each of those. But I don't have subfolders for committees or anything like that, and mostly because sometimes an email is about 
it's about the committee, but it's also about the board and it's also about the other committee. It's got a whole bunch of stuff in together. So I just pop them all into that one and then figure I can find it later with my little friendly leprechaun. That's exactly right. And I think, again, the more folders that you create and subfolders that you create, it's more places that the leprechaun's got to go searching. And we don't want to kill the leprechaun. (laughs) What we want to do is just give him one place where he can find it and say, so, and again, there are all sorts of rules that you can set up to help that so that if you were automatically getting mail from a certain board, for instance, you could say, file it here. Yes. Before it even, I even have to read it. And when I have time, I'll go to that board and read the mail that is relevant for that board. Yeah, that's interesting too because then you get to read them all in context. At the moment, I jump, chop and change from topic to topic basically. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't done that. So that's one way. The other one that a lot of people do in the folders, they create the CMB folder. Are you familiar with that? CMB. I, I must say, I can only hear it, think of in my head a CBF folder, and I'm not going to say what that stands for. Um, no, what's CMB? Cover my butt. Oh. <laughs> the ones that you do want to keep for later just in case. The just in case, right? Okay. So that, you know, they can have that CMB folder and you know that no matter what, that is my just in case space. Right. But there's other mail that we might get that I only need it maybe for the next three months. Yes. So you, I actually used to have another folder that was a three-month folder and I actually set up properties of that folder that after three months it would automatically archive. Oh, that's what I need. I need it over my whole inbox. I have things going back, oh, my Lord, for eons. And you never go back. You never make the time. No. So is it important? Do you need to keep it? Will you ever refer to it again? Chances are no. Yeah. All right. I think I need to tackle my inbox mostly around, not the inbox per se, I need to tackle my folders and get in and do some pretty hard deleting, I think. I've been contemplating getting one of those big bins so I can clean out some filing cabinets. I think at the same time I have to clean that hidden filing cabinet that's in my my emails as well. Mm-hmm. And it's quite cathartic. Yes, yes. I think. Well, I know it is with actual paper, so I have no doubt it is for email as well. And the leprechaun won't have to run as far. <laughs> well, I'm quite, yeah, okay. I, I can see I'm giving the leprechaun a workout, so I might want to make it easier. <laughs> oh, Jenny, so much wonderful gold in here. What are the key points you want people to take away from the conversation we've had today? I think be open to the change. Mm. Work out what is going to work for you. Put in place some principles if that works for you and try it for the next three to four weeks Mm. and just see how you go. Then work out what's really working for you and adjust accordingly. Fabulous advice. Is there a resource that you would like to share with the Take On Board community? Look, I am on LinkedIn and I have been adding tips and tricks across uh, the Microsoft world of Office 365 and on Teams and Office and Outlook and Word and a whole range of products there. So if anybody would like to connect with me on LinkedIn and uh, follow along, I don't necessarily talk about 
other products, I stick with the Microsoft suite because that's sort of predominantly my role. But uh, other than that, you know, sort of you are your own resource and uh, you've got all the information at your fingertips that you can access right now. Fantastic. It has been such a pleasure to have you on the pod. Thank you, Soph, for suggesting it. And I know that many out there will right now, probably like me, be feeling a bit nervous, but hopefully also a little bit more empowered to take on that inbox. So thank you for taking the time today. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of it. Appreciate it. Hi there, it's Helia. That's a wrap for the Take On Board podcast today. I do this podcast because I love bringing good women together. So it's great to be able to share these conversations that I'm having with these amazing group of women with you. Now, can I ask a favour? Could you share this podcast with someone you know? Perhaps you can share it with some of your board colleagues or someone else that you know that's interested in exploring all things boards and governance. With your help, we can grow the Take On Board community. Last but not least, if you want to continue the conversation, you can also join us over in the Take On Board Facebook group where there's lots of great discussions, tips, tricks and resources being shared. I would love it if you can join in the conversation there. You can find it by searching Take On Board in Facebook. Thanks for listening and tune in next week for another fabulous conversation. Thank you.